Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Also, word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. Today's episode is going to cover chokes primarily and touch on other techniques which result in someone going unconscious. These bear thinking about for whether we should train them and potentially use them. It always pays to think through how you will use any technique or tactic. I avoided asking the question, are chokes Aikido, for a very specific reason. The idea that a technique is or isn't Aikido is overly simplistic. Osensei even said that Aikido has no form and is not merely a set of techniques. We should avoid the trap of thinking of Aikido in this way. All techniques, whether they come out of Aikido or not, are merely tools. Each one has advantages and disadvantages, and just about any technique may be just what we need to accomplish our goals in a particular situation. I heard a few years ago that the Aikikai was removing all chokes from their Aikido curriculum. As an independent dojo, what the Aikikai does internally has no effect on me or my dojo. I'm free to teach whatever I think my students would benefit from knowing, and I think chokes are good to know and practice. Just as a side note, I do wonder how exactly the Aikikai would enforce this removal. I think the only thing they could really do is change the rank test criteria to remove chokes. That is, if they were even in there in the first place. Maybe they could institute a moratorium on training chokes where if they caught a dojo teaching them, they would be sanctioned somehow. This seems both impractical and heavy-handed. I really can't imagine this happening. Instead, I would bet that instructors like me who think chokes are good to know would keep teaching it anyway and the Aikido world would remain largely unaffected. What I want to talk about then is whether the concept of choking an attacker is a moral one. While techniques should not be labeled as Aikido or not Aikido, I think we can acknowledge that techniques which cause injury are typically avoided, or at least saved until the situation is dire enough to call for them. When this happens, harmful techniques may be necessary to ensure our own safety. When exactly that happens is a matter of personal judgment. If one is faced with a life-threatening situation, I believe inflicting injury to halt an attack can be morally justified. If you can do so without causing harm, then that's preferred, but this isn't always possible or feasible. We don't need to go deep down that rabbit hole to discuss chokes. One type of choke does bring up this moral question, and that is an airway choke which can crush the windpipe. This can inflict permanent damage and can be lethal. To be clear, there are two types of chokes, blood chokes and airway chokes. Generally, martial artists tend to look for blood chokes because they act faster and do not cause injury like airway chokes can. The basic definition of these two is that airway chokes squeeze the larynx shut, which restricts the target from breathing. There are two big downsides to this choke. One, the target will stay conscious until he asphyxiates by running out of oxygen in his lungs. This can take 30 seconds or more. 30 seconds in a fight is a very long time and can feel like an eternity. The old saying goes, if you can't breathe, you can't fight. It would be more accurate to say, if you can't breathe, you can't fight for long. And two, people tend to panic when they cannot breathe. When they panic, they start fighting like a berserk. It's very likely they will experience an adrenaline dump, if they haven't already, and become far stronger. This means you have 30 seconds or more to deal with someone who is extremely strong and is highly motivated to escape and do damage to you in any way that they can. These are two strong reasons why martial artists tend to avoid airway chokes and prefer blood chokes instead. 
Blood chokes leave the airway open so the target can still breathe. Instead, they squeeze the arteries on one or both sides of the neck shut. This interrupts the blood flow to the brain. This choke is a little more tricky to set up correctly, but when it is, the target can lose consciousness in just a few seconds. Blood chokes also don't take much strength to apply, far less than an airway choke. The goal of a blood choke is to make the target unconscious very quickly, which is at the core of the morality question. Is pressing the off switch to an attacker's body temporarily immoral? I submit that the answer is no, as you're halting their violent behavior without causing permanent injury. Before I continue, I want to mention one thing about blood chokes. There are videos on YouTube with young people, usually high school or college age, who test out choking each other unconscious to see what it feels like. Generally, this is pretty safe, but there is a risk. There's a very tiny chance, somewhere in the ballpark of 1 in 10,000 or something, that when you squeeze the carotid artery shut, that it will not open up when the pressure is released. The result can be lethal. My advice is to never train blood chokes unless you know what to do should this happen. As they say, kids, don't try this at home. Coming back to the topic, though, if someone's being violent and you can quickly put them to sleep and end the threat without causing them injury, isn't that a direct and effective solution? Obviously, the first choice is to talk them into stopping their aggression, but this is not always possible. Same thing with leaving the situation without engaging in a physical exchange. Once the physical starts, making someone suddenly sleep is about the best way to ensure both you and they are protected. At this point, I want to bring up other alternatives for putting someone to sleep. The most well-known is the knockout punch. Knocking someone out with a punch is far faster than setting up a choke. Why not just hit them on the jaw and knock them out cold? There are a couple of important points to consider when it comes to knockout punches. First, a punch doesn't have to be very hard to knock someone out. Because of this, you would think it would be easy to do. Fast, and you don't need a lot of power. Why not just do that? The answer lies with two disadvantages of the knockout punch. The first is that the angle and target must be fairly precise for it to work. If it doesn't, you have a fairly big problem on your hands. What started as an aggressive person is now surely angry and will attack you. You have no control over his body and the fight is on. It may also be that you injured your hand with the blow. Remember, the skull is hard, even the jaw, and hitting hard bones with your knuckles can easily break them. There is a reason why bare-knuckle boxers and pugilists tend to aim their blows at softer targets. Then there's the even bigger problem of what happens when your knockout punch doesn't work, and that is, when it does work. You could knock someone unconscious and they fall and crack their skull on the floor, wall, or other hard surface. In the blink of an eye, you could be facing a manslaughter or murder charge. In the legal realm, this is called a one-punch death. It is more common than you probably think. There are many cases of people being convicted despite them thinking that they were just protecting themselves in a fight. One can split hairs about whether a preemptive strike was called for and whether a particular case was self-defense or not. Either way, the knockout punch is a tool which poses a danger both when it works and when it doesn't. You have no control over either outcome. This is where grappling, and Aikido is a grappling art, can allow you a great deal of control over the outcome. It doesn't ensure it, but it gives you far better odds. If you turn someone's lights out with a blood choke, you are still controlling their body and can set them down without harming them or allowing them to come to harm through the fall. You can also set them up for restraint if that's what the situation calls for. When someone is choked out, they will be awake again in a few seconds. It isn't like the movies where someone knocked unconscious is out for half an hour while the good guys execute their plans. 
Applied correctly, chokes can give you a great level of control and can diffuse an aggressor quickly. They can also be loosened enough for you to maintain control over someone without putting them to sleep. Someone who is frantic can be secured in the same position used to choke them out. This allows you the opportunity to talk them down. You can keep calm control while they decide what they want to do. If they don't ease down and continue posing a threat, you can put them to sleep. The situation is diffused and they will not come away with an injury. For these reasons, bouncers and security personnel find chokes to be valuable tools for the job at hand. From an Aikido perspective, it has always confused me why practitioners believe that throwing someone to the ground is somehow benevolent and choking them out is not. I think the reason is that they get used to seeing fellow Aikidoka get thrown and they can gracefully roll or execute ukemi and come up unharmed. People without ukemi skills experience being thrown entirely differently. Unless you are trained, any throw is a potential injury. It is very easy to break something when falling, wrists being a common break from falls. Elbows, collarbones, ribs, neck, and head are all very likely impact points with falls. Compared to chokes, throws are extremely dangerous with a high likelihood of injury of some kind, at least in a real-world scenario. Just take a look at how much care we must use with new students before they build ukemi skills. Now imagine that on pavement or hard floors at full speed. People are hurt by just falling every day, and those are pretty benign falls compared to being thrown by a person. For all these reasons, I think chokes should be appreciated and practiced, not dismissed. If you need to control someone with minimal risk of harm to yourself, them, or others, then a choke is an excellent tool. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.